You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. It is brought to you by Stanley Tools. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you in this new year of home improvement that is upon us. Yes, we look at everything through a home improvement lens. And so we're thinking about what projects <laughs> we're going to do in 2015. And we know you are as well. And if you're not, well, let us help you get there. It's a team effort. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. So, what are you planning this year? You planning to do an outdoor room? Planning some paint, some wallpaper, some decor? Maybe you need a new roof. Maybe you'd like to add some insulation, add some ventilation, get a new kitchen. Whatever's on your to do list, give us a call right now. Let's talk it through. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Now, if you dread making New Year's resolutions because of your track record with actually keeping them, well, we do have some good news for you. There are some resolutions for your house that are much easier to keep. And first on the list is a garage safety check. We'll tell you what to look for to make sure those overhead doors are working in just a bit. And also ahead, if you think you don't have to worry about mold in your house because you're a little OCD when it comes to cleaning... I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a shock. You know, mold can actually find places to hide and grow even in the cleanest of homes. We're going to tell you where to look a little later. Plus, electronics are a hot holiday gift item, but what happens when you need to return them? We'll have some tips on how you can make sure your holiday returns are happy. And this hour, we're giving away a portable workspace, the palette. It's designed like an artist's palette, and it fits right over your pedestal sink so that you can lay makeup and your styling tools on it, because... This happens to me all the time. I've put my makeup bag in the sink and my kids have walked up and then turned the faucet on and now my makeup bag is filled with water or I've had the makeup brushes fall in the sink and then they get all wet and then you can't put your blush on. I know, Tom, you can relate to this. It happens to me all the time, which is why I'm so happy that we have a palette to give away. <laughs> it's worth $249. goes out to one caller drawn at random. The number is one eight 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 money pit 888 Leslie, who's first? Renee in North Carolina needs some help weatherproofing. What can we do for you? I just recently moved into a brand new apartment complex. So, you know, the, the windows are, you know, pretty pretty good windows. But what I found is that it is freezing in here now that the temperatures drop. So I'm looking for suggestions on how to put up temporary um, fixes to um, the windows leaking the air in and also the sliding door. 
Um, I have a big sliding glass door that I'm not sure how to weatherproof that. All right, Renee, first of all, um, as far as the windows are concerned, one of the things you might want to look into is weather stripping caulk. There's a certain type of caulk that's designed to be removable. And one of the products is called Seal and Peel, the letter N, Seal and Peel. I think that one is by Red Devil or DAP. Both both manufacturers have a version of this. And the way it works is you essentially can caulk the windows shut. So you can caulk around all those gaps. And then in the spring, you can grab the, the caulk bead and peel it off. And it comes off like a piece of rubber. Just make sure you leave one window unclosed, you know, unsealed, because just in case you need it for any grass, you know, in an event of an emergency. Because it comes out, but it just doesn't come out that fast. Now, as far as the door is concerned, I would just use shrink film for that. So the shrink film, uh, basically, you put a two-sided adhesive tape around the door, and then you attach the film to that, and then you take a hair dryer and warm the film, and it shrinks and gets nice and taut and crystal clear. Okay. So the film would actually uh, prevent the door, the sliding glass door from opening? Correct. You would not be able to okay. use that door in the winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have to be able to use it, then you just have to use weather stripping, but it's probably not going to be as effective. Okay, well, this has been very helpful. <laughs> I've just been afraid to put up anything that was going to destroy the window or the paint. I know. You want to get that security <laughs> deposit back eventually, right? Definitely, or not pay more. <laughs> All right, Renee, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Claire in Maine, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have a little problem with my water softener. I, uh, I seem to have nice soft water with it. Uh, the soap lather's good and everything. But when I wash my vehicles, and then one of those is black, after it dries, wherever there was any of the uh, droplets of water, when that dries off, I get all these little white deposits all over the vehicle. And I was wondering why, if it's soft water, why I'm getting those. Yeah, because it doesn't sound very soft. It sounds more like hard water. you got a lot of minerals in that. Now, the water that you're using to wash the vehicles, this is coming from the water softener? Yes, all my water, my hot and my cold go through the softener. Including the hose bibs that you're hooking up to to wash the car? Yes. Well, I mean, obviously the water softener is not working correctly. You've got a lot of minerals in there, and that's what's showing up on your beautiful black car. Well, I know I had the uh, hardness checked about three years ago, and they they gave me a number of 23, and they set it at that, and that's where I've been going with ever since. Well, maybe it's time to have it serviced again and, and have it checked again because things can change. Uh-huh. And that's that's got to be what's causing it, though. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call 24 hours a day with your home improvement, your repair, decor, whatever you're working on question, and we'll lend you a hand. 888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, getting gifts is great. Returning or exchanging them is less fun, especially when those gifts are electronics. We're going to have some tips and advice on how to make sure those holiday electronic returns are stress-free when the Money Pit returns after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number to call is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the pallet. And this really is an ingenious idea. It's 100% bamboo, and it's a cover for your pedestal sink that's going to give you instant counter space where you don't have any. So you don't have to balance styling tools or makeup on the edges of your sink or put your super hot hair dryer in between your knees to hold it while you're brushing your hair. I don't know who would do that, but I'm just saying. I guess it happens. The pallet has a silicone well to hold those hot styling tools and a handle, making it portable and stowable. It's a prize worth $249. You can learn more at nycvanity.com. It really is a very impressive product. We've seen it. We've handled it. It's extremely well made and well worth the $249 price if you'd like to pick one up. But we've got one to give away, so call us right now with your home improvement or repair question. The number again is one 888 Money Pit. Heidi in Oregon's dealing with a stinky shower. What's going on? We have a two-story house. Uh, the the one uh, shower is in the basement downstairs. It's a daylight basement, but it's built back into the side hill. And uh, what I've noticed is that after showering, um, we you know you leave the bathroom and you come back in, and there is this sour towel smell. It's not a sewer smell or a septic smell, but it smells like a towel that has been left damp somewhere and it's just been left to kind of mold or do whatever. But I've changed the towels and I come back in the bathroom and I've located the smell with my nose and gone right down to the drain and it's coming out of the drain in the shower. Uh, What this might be is something called biogas. And when the water drains and he takes with it the soap scum and everything else, you can, get, um, you can get germs that are going to grow in that. And that biological material off-gasses and can make horrible smells. So, Well, you know, that's what we thought, too, because it's in both showers, upstairs and downstairs. And we only smell it, obviously, after someone has showered and it was wet. So we've taken the grates off. We've cleaned with a bottle brush. You know, I look with a flashlight down there, and those pipes are, they're spick and span clean all the way down to the P-trap. Have you used any kind of an oxygenated bleach down those traps? No, we don't do that because we're on a septic tank, and we don't want to kill all the good bacteria in the septic. And so I've been afraid to use anything. I've tried vinegar. I've used Lysol spray. Well, not so much vinegar, yeah. Um, well, okay, why don't you use borax? Borax. 
okay, and pour it down into the drain? Cause, you know, well, now what I want you to do is I want you to get a solution of hot soapy water with borax in it, and I want you to scrub the inside of that drain, all the different parts, you know, with a, with a big, thick bottle brush. Get as much of that trap cleaned as you can and see if that reduces it. And, and by the way, do you have ventilation in those bathrooms? Yeah, there's windows. Uh-huh. Do you have fans that you could leave on after yes. bath fans? Yes, and we always turn the fan on when we shower. And keep it on when you're done? Well, no, we usually shut it off when we're done. So, yeah, that's another thing I would change, that behavior I would change. What I would do is I would um, replace the bath fan switch with one that's on a timer or a humidistat. So that after you are done showering and leave the bathroom, it stays on for another 15 or 20 minutes. But we'll go ahead and try that then and uh, see what happens. All right, Heidi, thank you so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Good luck with that project. Well, you tried your best, but you ended up giving a gift that the recipient just can't use. We know it's disappointing, but it's even more so when the gift is an electronic item, which is often harder to return or exchange. That's why we've got a few basic tips you can follow to help make sure those products go back stress-free. Yeah, first of all, you've got to check the return windows. Now, many stores are going to have a regular return policy of about 60 days or longer but you don't often have that long of a time to return electronics. Now, if you've opened the software, and that's kind of including video games, CDs, and movies, that really makes them not returnable unless you've opened it and something's wrong with it. Now, tearing off the wrapping paper is a part of the holiday, so have added. But in most cases, even torn shrink wrap shouldn't be a problem. However, you don't want to show up at the returns counter missing some of the accessories or the owner's manual. Definite no-no. Yeah, and a receipt is absolutely essential when it comes to returning electronics. You may even need to show some form of ID, so make sure you've got that on hand. And if you've already gone and put any of your information onto the new device, make sure you delete it. Now, if the item comes with a mail-in rebate, don't tear the UPC code off of the box until you're sure you are keeping it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to return the item at all, even if you never sent that rebate in. Finally, watch out for restocking fees more than with other types of gifts. Stores are quick to charge restocking fees of 10 to 25 percent or more for returned electronics if they've been opened. 888-666-3974. However, there's no return policy here if you call us at 888-MONEY-PIT because you're not going to want to return our advice. It's always going to be good. It's always going to be helpful. And it's always going to save you money. So what are you waiting for? Call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Mark in Florida, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I am going to be putting down an engineered hardwood floor. Okay. And I've got the manufacturer's instructions, and I'm going to tell you, the tolerances for the floor are really tight. They want the floor, this is a plywood subfloor, off-grade house, they want the floor to be no more than three-sixteenths of an inch over ten feet or an eighth of an inch over six feet deflection. I haven't seen a house yet that has that little deflection, right? (laughs) I know, exactly, yes. Anyway, my question is, uh, I've taken a ten-foot two by eight and okay. confirmed it was straight and put it over the floor and I've got a Sharpie and I'm kind of marking off what is within tolerance. And there are some sections that there are what's not intolerance. So my question to you is how do you meet that specification that they call out for? Uh, for instance, some of the, some of the low bearing walls, you can see where the, the subfloor is actually dipped down from the weight of the home the house is about 23 years old. And I'm just wondering, how do you meet that? It's uh, it's extremely tight. How close are you, Mark? 
Um, it depends. Uh, some of the areas, um, we're talking probably half, maybe a half inch in some of the bad places. Um, okay, so what you want to do, do in those areas, you're going to fill in with a floor leveling compound. You don't have to do the entire floor, but if you have the mm-hmm. areas that are really down, you can fill those in. The thing here is you want it to be reasonably flat, and the reason it wants to be reasonably flat is because with an engineered hardwood floor, the panels lock together. You know, I've got an 1886 house. And I put in uh, laminate floor when it sort of first came on the market. And this is similar to the engineered hardwood floor, um, except that when laminate floor first came on, you had to glue it together. It didn't lock together. And so I was able to glue this together. It actually worked in my favor because by gluing it together, it had a lot more ability to stretch and bend and twist over my very roly-poly floors. But if you're just going to rely on the joint of the hardwood floor to lock together, then you can't really stress it that much. If you try to twist it, it could crack or pop up. And so what I would do is I would get floor leveling compound. DAP makes one that works very well. It's called Flexible Floor Patch and Leveler. And so if you go to the DAP website at DAP.com, D-A-P.com, just uh, search for the Flexible Floor Patch You'll see a picture of it there. You know exactly what you're looking for. And then there you can order that uh, from, I'm sure, your home center, your hardware store, or find it online. And that's designed specifically to work on wood floors or under wood floors and, and level them out. On subfloors, especially. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. I really enjoy your show and look forward to maybe meeting the two of you one day. Oh, thanks. Beverly in Nebraska's on the line and is looking to do a flooring, I guess, tiling project. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a brick fireplace that I would like to reface with ceramic tile. Oh, great. It's a fireplace question. Yes. I want to know if, what, if, if I need to do any special steps to prep the brick. I've heard yes and I've heard no. So but I might call somebody that might have a real answer. As long as the brick um, is not dirty or doesn't have like loose paint on it or anything of that nature... Uh, I don't think there's a lot of prep involved there. What's going to be really important is that you get a good coat of adhesive underneath it, and you can use uh, a tile mastic uh, on top of that brick to attach the tile What size are the tiles that you're looking at, Bev, to put over this? Um, 12 by 12, probably. Okay. Tom, is there any concerns with, you know, the difference between the brick and the mortar line for unevenness or because the tile is so large? It's no, because gonna... you know what? Think about it. When you put tile down, you use a notched trowel, right? So mm-hmm. you never have a complete 100% contact of the tile with the substrate. So the fact that, that there's recessed mortar um, on this brick fireplace is not of a concern to me. It's just more of a concern that we get a good solid coat of adhesive there and that they dry well, they're nice and stable. And really, you want to make sure that you plan this out carefully, Bev. I mean, frankly, it's really small spaces to get that to fit right, to look right, to make sure the corners are done properly. If it's sloppy, you're going to be kicking yourself because it'll be obvious to anybody that looks at this that it wasn't done by a pro. So just make sure it's done really well so that it looks like it was almost intended to be that way the first time the the fireplace and the hearth was envisioned, okay? Okay. Um, One thing I've heard about the the brick mortar line sucks up the moisture out of the mastic quicker. Is Mm. is that something I need to worry about or just... Nah. Nope. Wouldn't worry about it at all. 
that makes no sense to me. I mean, look, what, people put concrete, put tile down on concrete all the time, you have the same issue. Just plan it correctly, Bev, so that you have all the corners line up right. You have the right pieces, the right, you know, the types of tile that you're choosing are the ones that, for example, have closed corners where they wrap around the outside and make sure it's going to work. You, know, you may you may find the 12 inches too wide for that. It might be easier if you used a smaller tile because you'd have a little more flexibility. Like maybe a... A six or eight? Like a six, yeah, or an eight. Yep, exactly. Depending on the, the shape. Right, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what look you're going for. And, you know, with a ceramic tile, think about the finish on them. You know, a glazed tile is going to clean better when you get, you know, um, dirt and debris from the smoke in the fireplace itself. But an unglazed one might have a more hearthy, traditional look. So think about, you know, the overall look you're trying to get. And you can also, you know, a 12 by is kind of large. So if you're looking to put a decorative tile, say, as cornerstones, you know, around your mantle or something, you know, think about adding in little detail pieces, and then you can size your tiles accordingly. So does that help you out? Yeah, um, we're just trying to, you know, make it look a little more modern. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a good idea. I think it will look more modern. I think it'll be very attractive. Just take your time, do it once, do it right, and you won't have to do it again. Thank you very much. Hey, your garage is often the most overlooked part of your home. Why not make a New Year's resolution to give your garage door a safety checkup? That'll be one we are going to help you to keep next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you step into the grocery store, have you ever noticed that you can smell the cleaning products four aisles away? That's indoor air pollution, and it's exactly what happens when you take those cleaning products inside your home. Shackley's green chemical-free cleaning innovations are a better option. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, this is the time for New Year's resolutions, but promises about things like diet and exercise can be difficult to keep. What's easy to keep? Making a New Year's resolution for your home. And one of those resolutions should be a garage safety check. Here to tell us more about that is Christy Domanski. She's the head of the safety program at LiftMaster. Hi, Christy. Hi. So when people say, how's your job? You say up and down, right? (laughs) (laughs) So listen, I spent 20 years as a home inspector, and I was always surprised how many times we would find garage door openers that did not work correctly. We would test them, and they wouldn't reverse, or they would uh, not uh, behave properly when you block the electric eye and do simple tests like that. You guys now have kind of consolidated that process into an initiative that I think is really good. It's called LiftMaster's Don't Chance It, Check It Garage Safety Initiative, because let's Let's face it, it's a mechanical uh, device. It needs to be checked. It needs to be tested on a regular basis to make sure it's working right. Because, you know, things can happen. They can go out of adjustment. Uh, consumers perhaps don't maintain them as they should. And this is a good way to kind of make sure that it's run- running correctly, right? Right. That's correct. So if we are going to test it, um, you've got this broken down into three easy steps, I understand. So what are we telling consumers to do first? It's very easy. Step one is to check along the sides of the garage door to make sure that you have photo eyes. Those are those black sensors that are about six inches off the floor on each right. side of your garage door. Now, I find those, always find those when I end up hitting them, you know, with something when we're moving it in and out of the garage. They're, they're always on sort of a, a flexible bracket, and if you smack it a little bit, they don't line up, and then you try to close your garage door, and it doesn't work, because that's what it's supposed to do if they're not sort of talking to each other. It's supposed to stop the garage door from opening. So you want to make sure they're aligned properly, and then I guess you test it by breaking the beam? What you want to do is you want to block the photo eye with an object that's about six inches tall okay. and just simply put something in front of it. And you want to uh, hit the control panel and make sure that the door does not close. Right. Because that would signify something being in the way, like uh, a person, child's bike, your car, you know, that kind of thing. So it's important to test the photo eye. All right. What about sort of the reversing mechanism on the door? Is that also part of the check? It is. It's the third and final step. So you want to take a book or uh, a two-by-four, and you want to lay it flat off the floor. The key is it should be about um, one and a half inches high. Mm -hmm. Once you put that uh, on the ground, you want to press the control panel again, and the door should come down and reverse very quickly up. And as simple as that, one, two, three. So you check the photo eyes, making sure they're aligned properly. You try to block it, make sure the door does not go down. And then you lay something in the path of the door that's, that's like you say, about an inch and a half tall. Close the door and, again, make sure it reverses easily. And if it passes those tests, I guess you're good to go. How often should you be rechecking your garage door opener to make sure that happens? We would 
would recommend that you check it monthly. It's very important that those photo eyes stay aligned and there are no obstructions in the path of the door. And it's very easy. I hope you'll agree to be able to do this on a monthly basis. We're talking to Christy Demansky. She's the Senior Marketing Manager and Head of the Garage Safety Program at LiftMaster. So Christy, as we move forward into 2015, what kinds of innovations are we going to see from LiftMaster? Just recently, we've launched a new product line that allows you to monitor and control your garage door from anywhere in the world. One of the greatest things about this new line is, say you're away from home and you've let somebody in and you're wanting to close the door back up, you can actually send an audible alert by closing the garage door. It's called Alert to Close. What happens is when you push the button on your smartphone, it will send an audible as well as a visual alert that the door is about to close. Wow, that's really cool because how many times have you left home and and even wondered if you left your garage door open or now you don't have to wonder anymore. That's terrific. Christy Demansky from LiftMaster, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. And if you'd like more information about garage safety, take a look at liftmaster.com. And if you'd like to see a video of the three-step safety check, that's available on YouTube and you can also view it at liftmaster.com. Okay, and still ahead, even if you're OCD about cleaning, and I know a lot of people are out there, your home may still be at risk for mold. We're going to tell you where mold hides even in the cleanest of homes and how you should be cleaning it after this. Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety and convenience, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the pallet. It's an ingenious idea. It's a 100% bamboo cover for your pedestal sink that adds counter space where none existed before. Yeah, you are not going to have to balance styling tools and makeup on the edge of your pedestal sink. And the pallet's got a silicone well in it so that it'll hold those hot styling tools and a handle which makes it super portable and stowable. It's a prize worth two. Learn more at nycvanity.com and call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Don in Pennsylvania's got a question about windows. What can we help you with? These these windows are mid-1700s. That's before the revolution. The ones I'm working on, the the building actually had a date on it, 1746. Wow, Wow. that's impressive. And the glass on these was like poured glass. It wasn't, wasn't manufactured the way they make them now. And I'm trying to save the glass, and I'm trying not to damage the wood at all, but I'm scraping and painting and weatherizing these, these windows. And the reason I'm doing that is because a lot of the glaze is falling out and the, the paint is flaking away and everything. But some of that glaze that's on there and this, this hasn't been done, I would say, for more than 30 years because we've lived here 30 years and have never done it to, to this window. And so that some of the glaze is falling out, but others, it's really tenacious and stuck to that wood and that glass. And I don't want to ruin the glass or ruin the wood. So what's the best way to get that old glaze out of there? Are you using any heat to help you here? Not yet. So what you want to try to do is get a heat gun, which kind of looks like an industrial size hair dryer. Yeah, I, I have an electric heat gun, and I've used that uh, to help remove some of the paint. 
but I don't know the temperature of that of that heat gun. But uh, well, I mean, you want to use it use it cautiously. You know, I wouldn't lean into it with the nozzle, but I would try to warm that old putty. Generally, if you warm it, it loosens up. Now, some guys that do windows all the time will actually use steam to soften the putty. And I've seen guys create almost like steam chambers where they kind of build a box, fill it with warm steam, and then slide the sashes in there and then pull them out. And now they're warm and they strip them off. One way that you could try to do this without sort of building that chamber might be to get a wallpaper steamer. And then use some of that steam, use it against the window, warm it, that warm, moist steam may also help to loosen it up. But if you've already got the heat gun, I would try trying to warm it up gently and see how the old glazing reacts to that. Oh, okay. I, I will. Thank you. All right, Don. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you don't pay much attention to stories about mold because you think you keep a super clean house, it's time to listen up, people. Mold is not just limited to messy homes. Even if you are OCD about the cleanliness, mold has a sneaky way of finding those little pockets where growing conditions are ideal. Now, your basement is definitely one of those places. You have a below-grade space there, especially if it's finished with drywall or wood. Mold loves to grow on those spaces and needs to be inspected and perhaps thoroughly cleaned if you find it. Also, light fixtures. Mold can grow in the insulation that surrounds recessed lighting. And the grosses of places for mold, we've all seen it before, your refrigerator. I mean, everyone at some point has had some leftovers that turned into a science experiment. But those little spores can spread into the nooks and the crannies of your fridge. And voila, you've got yourself a mold infestation. Yeah, you know, mold can also gather on the coils and other air conditioning components that come into contact with moisture, which then travels in your direction via the cooled air. Same thing goes for humidifiers. Now, elevating the relative humidity of a room is an invitation for the sneakiest forms of mold. And a humidifier that goes a long time between cleanings can actually harbor and then spread the mold. Now, if you think you might have mold, but you can't track it down, bring in a pro to find the source, remove the mold, and prevent it from returning. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Lane in Arkansas is looking to do some countertop updates with the cement countertop. How can we help you with that project? I've been wanting to get granite countertops forever, and I can't really afford it being a single dad and paying the mortgage and everything. So I was looking at the concrete method. I've watched some videos on YouTube and whatnot, and I really like how it looks because it looks a lot like the granite. And my question is kind of where is it? pretty simple for a, a guy that, that knows a lot of, not a lot about concrete, but, you know, a little about it. And uh, the edging stuff that they sell on websites, do you need to buy that? Or can is there a way that you can do it with just normal like wood where you could form it up yourself? So first of all, concrete countertops are beautiful. But they're a lot of work to build, as you've learned if you've watched all of those YouTube videos, which I commend you for doing. In terms of the edging, you certainly, um, having those tools certainly makes it a lot easier. But if you're crafty, you probably could make your own edging tools okay. to get an acceptable edge to that concrete surface. Uh, the good news is that the materials itself are is, is fairly inexpensive. So if you really screw it up, you could <laughs> break it up throw it in the garden and start again, you know. Right. <laughs> but um, the the key is really the prep. 
and making sure that you've got the form built correctly and you're totally ready to go. You know exactly what you're going to do once you start to pour in that concrete because you don't get a second chance. Would you recommend a certain type of concrete? You know, Quickcrete makes a commercial-grade countertop mix. All right. So I would just go buy that. Okay. You know, you can pick that up at, at a home center hardware store and just go for that. Well, that sounds good. Jan in Kansas is on the line with a home that seems to be cracking up. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a lot of problems. Uh, it's an old house. It's uh, over 50 years old. You have a lot of opportunities, Jan. Not a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got some cracks in the wall, and I have okay. one crack that is uh, going from the dining room to the kitchen, and I believe it's cracking on both sides of the wall. Same okay. crack. Uh, you said it's 50 years old. Do you know if it's plaster lath? It's sheetrock. It's drywall? Okay. So, you know, fixing that is not a big deal. The thing is that most people usually fix it incorrectly. What they'll do is they'll try to spackle it. And by spackling it, you're pretty much guaranteeing that it's going to re-crack. What you have to do is, is sand down the area so you get rid of any glaze from the paint or dirt or anything like that. And then you're going to cover it with drywall tape. And you want to use the mesh type of tape that's sticky. So you put a strip of tape across the crack, and then you spackle right over that tape. And you'll use three layers of spackle. And the easiest way to apply this is if you buy the plastic uh, spackling knives, you can buy one that starts at around four inches, then you go to six, then you go to eight. And they're pretty inexpensive. And you use that to apply the spackle, and you sand in between each coat, and then you prime and paint, and you're done. So those are the proper steps. Where most people go wrong is they just try to do a quick and dirty spackling job, and they wonder why it cracks again and again and again. Because that's basically an expansion joint right now, and unless you spread the repair across both sides of it with new drywall tape, it will continue to show up. Hey, I know that getting the house all Christmassy was a super duper lot of fun, but getting it back to normal is not so much. Coming up, we've got storage and organizing tips that will help make this chore productive and efficient. So stick around. You live in a body pit. Need to get your house clean for the holidays? Why not get your house really clean by switching to Shackley? Shackley's Get Clean products rival or outperform 20 national brands. Plus, they're safe for you and safe for the environment. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, would you like to make sure your house is both clean and green? Then try out Shackley's Get Clean Kit at greenmymoneypit.com. The concentrated Shackley products work really well. Plus, if you try the Get Clean Kit today, we'll send you a copy of the Money Pit Guide to Green Remodeling absolutely free. Start shopping today at greenmymoneypit.com. All right. And while you're online, you can post your question in the Money Pit community section. And I've got one here from Jewel in Wyoming who writes, how can you tell if you have too much snow load on your roof and what's the best way to remove it? Listen, if you've got more than a foot on your roof, I think it's probably too much. And even that could be a lot, depending on you know how strong your roof structure is. The best way to remove it is with something called a snow rake. Now, a snow rake is a rake that looks kind of like an iron rake you might use in the garden, but it's really light and really wide. 
and it's made out of aluminum and has a telescoping handle. And it makes the job of removing the snow pretty easy. Now, the best time to remove it is right after the snowstorm, because if you wait, it kind of ices over and gets sort of hard and crusty. It's a lot harder to pull out. So if you get out there quickly right after the snowstorm, get that snow rake up on the roof and start pulling down the piles, you're going to find it a very quick and easy way to uh, get the snow off your roof. And then you'll be putting it down where you're going to have to shovel anyway, so at least you won't need to do it twice. Next up, we've got one from Tyler in Oregon who writes, I have a very large tree between my house and garage, so large that cutting it down doesn't seem like an option without removing the structure. What's the best way to do this? Well, you have to think of removing the tree not so much as like cutting it down in the traditional sense where we sort of fall the entire tree. Think of it more like taking the tree apart. Now, a tree surgeon can get up there inside that tree and start cutting it apart from the top down. Taking it apart bit by bit is the safest way to remove a large tree without damaging the buildings around it. Yeah, hire a pro because getting up there with a chainsaw is scary. Well, it's a lot of fun getting out the holiday decorations and setting them up, but putting them away, perhaps not so much. If, though, you organize and plan, the storage tour can be both productive and efficient. Leslie has tips on how to do just that in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, this is the best time to get ahead on the holiday for, you know, 11 months from now. First of all, as you take down the decor, you want to check for any signs of damage. Now is the time to make sure that all of your lights are going to be in good working order for the next holiday season. Now, you can replace burned out bulbs and make sure that there aren't any frayed wires from the holiday festivities. Plus, if you do find any damage and the string's just not going to work for you, you can actually buy new stuff right now while it's half off at all of those amazing post-holiday sales. Now, to store your holiday lights, you can cut some cardboard into 12 by 9 pieces and then wrap the lights around it. And that's going to keep them tidy and at the ready for next year. You can also use a paper towel, too. But I find that sometimes that makes them like a little tight when you unravel them and it's harder to, you know, get them where you want on the trees or the bushes. You just want to make sure that you store your decorative items in clear plastic bins. So this way, when you're looking through the mass of holiday items that you've got stored in your garage or closet, you know exactly what is in there. And it also makes sure that moisture doesn't deteriorate any of your holiday cheer. Finally, you want to place all of those stored items at the back of your storage area. This way, it's going to give you the current seasonal items more to the front, more easily accessible. And next year, you'll be one step ahead when it comes to your holiday decorating. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, is one of your New Year's resolutions making over your basement? Well, if you want to make it into a livable space for your home, you need to take everything from building codes to utilities into consideration. We'll have the basement finishing checklist to help you do just that on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.